Super Talk Mississippi media production. Pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, we're glad you're with us this afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. <clears throat> Excuse me, Bob, Kelly, and Luke. We're broadcasting from the first, from the Southern Bank Corps studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. I want to thank Southern Bank Corps for their sponsorship of our program, as well as Dickie's Barbecue. Always say hello to our good buddies at Dickie's to kick things off. Great food seven days a week. Cater any event you have, large or small. So our thanks to Dickey's Barbecue and Southern Bank Corps for making the Eagle Hour possible. Defensive line coach Brandon Lacey going to be joining us a little later in the show, talking about all these great transfer prospects that he's got in. We're going to kick off the show today with uh, with the legend, uh, the head, the assistant basketball coach Clarence Weatherspoon, greatest basketball player Southern Miss history. I don't think that's arguable and. Sometimes the most fun we have on the show is off the air, and we were talking to Coach Spoon right before the show started about his days in the NBA of matching up with Charles Barkley and playing on the same floor with Michael Jordan. Coach, it's just more fun than I can tell you to talk to you about those kind of things. Man, you've seen some some electric and memorable moments in the professional basketball, haven't you? Yeah, you know, I think there was, uh, I, I, I was fortunate enough to come in, uh, you know, every, every group have a period and I came in with, uh, with a group of, uh, during a period of time when it was great basketball. And I was definitely fun times being on the floor with those guys. And you, you confirmed to us that there's none greater than, uh, than Michael Jordan. Yeah, we were talking about the ratings, uh, earlier, and like I say, on the man, they hardly give out that uh, that 100 uh, rating. So I was saying they shortchanged Mike a little bit on, on his rating. It should have been like 110 instead of like 99.9. We're, we're going to get to Southern Miss basketball here. But real quickly, what what was the difference in Michael Jordan and everybody else, Coach? Well, I think uh, competitiveness, uh, you know, and the will to, to drive himself to win. I think once he uh, – broke through and won the championship, you know, he had figured out the formula, uh, and, uh, and that was a drive for him. You know, it took so many years to get past Boston and Detroit, and when it finally happened, you know, he knew how to win, and and he was just driven to keep winning. Coach Spoon, and again, we do know that the Southern Miss, we're going to talk the, about the game coming up Thursday and Saturday, but when you guys are on a road trip and you have to fly, do you get the, you're the biggest human being I know, and that's a good thing. Do you do you get the whole row? I'm being serious. Do you get the whole row to yourself? I would think you would need it. No, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, we wish it was like that, but you know, uh, the guys they do a uh, travel do a great job of uh, spacing us out, and uh, you know, I like to sit on the uh, on the on the uh, on the aisle seat, uh, you know, so just in case, you know, there's not to be anything, you have to make a hasty retreat or anything. So you know, I try to. Make you know, I always make sure you know. I, instead of being in the whole row, I just 
always gravitate to that aisle seat. Well, to any shady characters that might think of doing anything stupid on an airplane with Clarence Weatherspoon on board, right. be, be forewarned, <laughs> right? But, Coach, you got, uh, you got North Texas coming in here on Thursday night. I, I thought the game at Middle Tennessee on Saturday, the first half that you guys played was nearly perfect. Guys shot nearly 70% from the floor. Didn't turn it over a whole lot in the first half. The second half was a little bit different. But but how would you see that first half against Middle Tennessee? Was that the best um, best overall half you guys have played all year? Well, I think we played, uh, played at our pace. We we controlled the pace. And like I said, we, we, uh, we, we scored the basketball and defended. And, uh, you know, the second half of the game, they did a great job of coming out uh, and trying to speed the game up, speed you know, sped us up a little bit, got us out of character, and we turned the ball over. And anytime you turn the ball over on the road and don't get shots, it leads to easy points and get the home team back involved in it. And and obviously you guys are are, are looking to get some wins. How is the team morale wise holding up? Well, I think the the guys come out uh, every, every game and fight and then play and play, you know and try to play to a standard. And that's that's one of the things we're trying to do during this tough stretch is, is build. And, 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 and the only way you build is you go through, work your way through the tough spots and gain some experience and some maturity. And like I say, learning how to win. And I think the guys done, uh, done bought into that. And, uh, you know, like I say, some some nights we we right there on the cusp, but we just don't make that, that certain play or get a stop. So, you know, to edge it in our favor. All independent rating services have this North Texas bunch coming in here Thursday night as, as the first or the second best team in Conference USA. How are they especially problematic as your Eagles take them on at 7 o'clock Thursday night? Well, I, I think they do, they do a great job of controlling pace for themselves and putting, uh, putting, putting their, their, their opponent in a situation that force them to have to score in the half court. And that way they control the game and give them a chance to, you know, to keep the game, um, you know, low scoring, grind out type game. So they have done a great job with that the last three years. So, you know, they've been really competitive and won the conference, went to the tournament and won with that style. So they, they, they play their style of basketball um, at a high level. Luke, get in here with Clarence Weatherspoon. Coach Spoon, thanks for being on today. Uh, we look at what Tyler Stevenson uh, did a, a couple weeks ago. You know, went thousand uh, points and five hundred rebounds on his career against Middle Tennessee. Twenty points and eleven rebounds. And, and it should be noted that it was this coaching staff that has developed this young man into the the dominant player that he has become. When he has a night against Middle Tennessee with a double-double, 20 points, 11 rebounds, and you were one of those very instrumental, formative pieces in Tyler's basketball career, it, it just got to you know, fill you with, with pride watching him develop and become who he is. Yeah, it's really, uh, really, you know, I'm really uh, happy for Tyler and how he done developed over the years and, 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 and put himself in a position to be one of the better players in Conference USA and, and being so productive for us, you know, but you got to give him uh, so much of, the, uh, of credit the way he come out and approach practice every day and trying to become better and trying to get better at doing certain things. And you can see the growth over the last three, four years with Tyler. So, you know, we look at, uh, lucky to have him and uh, continue, you know, wish him the best and and hopefully hopefully he continue to get better and better and we can start like i say clicking and winning games for him because he have put in a lot of a lot of work to make himself into a good player 
might be unfair to ask what is the highest characteristic or attribute that Clarence Weatherspoon values in a basketball player coach, but what, what is what is maybe the, the two best attributes that a guy has to have um, in order to, to succeed at whatever level he's in, and, and you would know that better than anyone. Well, I think one, one of the things you got to have a great work ethic, and you got to be willing to be coached or taught, and be willing to learn. I think uh, that that's the that those are two of the things that I try to look for when you when you are recruiting a player. You know, it goes with a whole other things. You know, character. You know, background and everything. But you know, if if you got a guy who's willing to work and a guy who's willing to be coached and willing to learn. You got a guy that's gonna come out every uh, every every day and practice and get after it, and a guy who's who's gonna take the time to to listen and learn and then apply it. Coach, what if anything can you tell us about Isaiah Moore and when he might be back uh, on the team with you guys on the floor? I should say. Well, I really don't uh, really don't know about the timetable of when he he might, he, he might be back because you know you you like to see a guy practice and get in and get into some practice. So we got another practice tomorrow morning. So hopefully, if he get a chance to go through practice, you know we might see him, but might not. But you know that that's not my call. But you know we'll we'll be happy to see him back out there on the floor, giving us uh, you know another weapon and. Uh, and, and giving us a chance to, you know, continue to grow and be better as a team. Yes, sir. Right. Well, you're at home uh, tomorrow, 7 o'clock, uh, back on the floor here at, in Hattiesburg at 2 o'clock uh, Saturday against Rice. Important game. Sure would be nice to, to grab one of these, wouldn't it, Coach? Yeah, definitely. Anytime you got, a, you know, you got a team coming in on that first night or Thursday night, that's a big. Uh, that's a. They give you a, 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 an advantage and a chance to try to steal one, as they say. But, you know, here at home, so we should be confident. And, uh, you know, hopefully we come out and play a solid game and uh, and it turns in our favor. Right. Three and three at home. So, that you know, I think the odds are good that uh, it can be a good weekend. Before we let you go, Coach, can, can we do this? Can we can we call you one day and maybe we'll wait till basketball season is over and just talk and share some of these incredible stories you have about your life in the NBA? Oh yeah, that's definitely you know that give me a chance to reminisce about uh, going up against all those guys, you know. So like I say, it was a great time, a great experience for me, and uh, I enjoyed every moment of it. Yeah, and, and and he made a little money along the way too. Made a little just money. Like, yeah, just <laughs> we're looking. It, it, it's known that Charles Charles Barkley said the word terrible after playing you the first time because of how bad you made him play, coach. <laughs> now, you know, like I say, Charles was one of those guys that was super competitive, and now uh, you know, like I say. Uh, it was a great era of basketball. You know, all the guys, um, you know, from junior high, high school that I grew up watching in college and later on getting a chance to play them uh, in the pros, you know, that, that was a really special moment for me. We'll look forward to that, Coach. Thank you for your time. All right. Thank you guys for having me. The great Clarence Weatherspoon on the Eagle Hour, and we're going to do that. That's going to be a great show. Uh, we'll give him all the segments he wants. We'll be back.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, I want to thank the great Clarence Weatherspoon for joining us in the first segment. So much fun whenever we have Spoon on. And before we bring our next guest on, Kelly, I want you to share. You told me that you and Spoon have something in common. What is that? It's only one thing in common. (laughs) It's that if we're the last guy getting on the airplane, you know, everybody's going, oh, crap. There's one seat left, and I'm going to have to sit next to this big person. Let's just put it that way. Spoon's big is a lot different than my big yeah. as I splotch over into two or three seats around me. You know, not a very comfortable trip for them, unfortunately. Well, Spoon could just demand whatever seat he wants, and people would scatter in every direction. For sure. Yeah. All right, I want to thank Clarence Weatherspoon again for being on the show. Hey, we're excited to have uh, the defensive line coach for uh, Southern Miss baseball, uh, football, football on the show, Brandon Lacey. It's also, let us say, Coach, happy birthday to you. It's all appreciated, appreciated, trying to, trying to stay young. Yeah, Straight downhill at 42, Coach. Straight yeah, downhill. Yeah, I know. Hey, you know, it, it, it's everything – the mind says one thing, but the body says another. Right. Now, Coach, I'm going to guess that probably the best birthday gift you've gotten are all these transfer defensive linemen from Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and, and Arkansas. That's That's got to put a pretty big smile on your face. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those deals where, like, it's a Christmas present that just keeps on giving right into my birthday. So, right, <laughs> it's right. It's been good, man, getting all these guys. And, they're, and I'll tell you what, great young men, great work ethic. Um, I had a couple days to work with them since they've been back from uh, Christmas break. And uh, our strength coach can't say nothing but great things about them. I got to go watch them run on our first find away Friday. And uh, the great thing was this. So the, uh, one of the young men messes up on a drill. And without having to be told or anything, he comes aside and does three up-downs himself. Wow. That's the kind of guys we got coming in here in terms of the work ethic and the mentality that we that we're, that we need for next year to be really successful. So I'm – I'm extremely excited about this group that we've got. Luke, get in here with Coach Lacey. Hey, Coach, uh, you know, when you look down this this transfer portal, Quentin Bivens, huge. Cooley, yep. huge. Uh, Jalen Williams, I watched him play at Jones College, huge. And I think a lot of people forget that early, you know, in December, we signed a, a top four um, defensive lineman in, in the country uh, with DeMarco Rowland out of Kansas. And then Brodarius Lewis, from from Jones yep. College, DJ Burgess coming in from high school. I mean, with with all these pieces, uh, to, to kind of quote your your Twitter bio profile line. I mean, this is this is the best defensive line in Conference USA, w- without a doubt, talent wise. Yeah, we, we we got a lot more um, depth than what we had last year. That was the one thing we needed to address. You know, because we just we got banged up. Everybody remembers Eric Kitchen and Todd Sykes were were. Uh, banged up quite a bit last year in terms of because of the amount of snaps they had to play, and we just didn't have a lot of versatility. You know, you had Josh Ratcliffe who played a bunch, um, uh, Christian Booth who's gonna, who's coming back to play the bunch, Dominic Quiwan. You know, you had guys, but we didn't have depth. You look at it now, we can plug and play a lot of guys, and yeah, not to draw attention away from those mid-year guys. We talk about Brodarius and D'Amico because. Those are guys, too. I mean, I know that everybody probably doesn't – you don't read the newspaper clippings on Darius Lewis and D'Amico Rowland because they maybe get overshadowed a little bit now by the guys that are coming in from State and Ole Miss and Arkansas. But, you know, just remember, Darius Lewis and Jordan Mahaffey were on the number one ranked junior college team yeah. in the country for about 10 weeks. 
And they were part of that defensive front that made them the number one team. And, you know, you get those guys along with uh, D'Amico, who D'Amico's just something we didn't have last year. I mean, he's, he's, he's 6'5", he's 340 pounds. We're going to have him lose about 15. And that was a guy who was committed to Tech. And, you know, thank goodness for us, Tech has uh, turned over and we're able to get a guy like that through high school relations uh, in Oklahoma and then do, through some relationships with those guys at Hutch. But, man, you talk about pickups there. And then the icing on the cake is these guys that we got uh, from Ole Miss and, and Mississippi State and Arkansas. All great young men, too. And I want to throw one more young, young man in there. There's a guy by the name of Trace White that we got that's uh, going to be a good player for us. I know he's kind of like an unsung hero. He was a late signee that we got. He's going to be a good player. In fact, uh, rumor was that he led the Mississippi Junior Colleges for defensive linemen in tackles. So, Again, more depth, more competition, and that's what we want. And that was what Coach when Coach Hall got here, he said, when you guys look around, I want you to look around and see dogs in your room. And right now I think we can say that, uh, that we address that issue. One of the one of the problems, though, you run into with Coach Lacey is making everybody happy, right? you got guys that are all used to being studs. The competition is always good, but everybody wants to play. So how do you handle the chemistry part? So that, the, great, the great question, the way you answer that is, it's a team group, Okay. It's a true group. It's a family. It's a team. Everybody's got to play. Everybody's got an opportunity to get on the field. And what you do is, okay, this is what you specialize in. The great thing about having a lot of talent is that you can put out a lot of talent. So last year, to give you guys an example, we played about five to six guys a game. Okay, And to tell you the truth, we really traveled six, and we really played like four and maybe a fifth guy. Okay, This year, we'll be able to travel nine to ten guys and play guys a lot more frequently to the point to where I tell them their challenge is this. We don't have a depth chart. That it's just a rolling rotation. Hey, when this guy gets tired, the next guy goes in. I said, and it's up to you to be able to hold up your end so when that guy comes out, there's not a fall off. Yeah, there's so the, 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 the greatest thing that we can get in there is creating competition but also making the guy around you better so that way – we can be better as a whole so that way everybody can play. And there is something to be said about having fresh legs in no the question. game. But, but based on last year's situation as well, Coach Lacey, do any of these guys coming in play quarterback? <laughs> they, they, they do not play quarterback. And, and, but I'll tell you this, it's a lot harder for them to do things. on We can create a lot more opportunities for whoever's playing quarterback right. with these guys that we got. And that was the big thing that we wanted to address is we wanted not only guys that were that were good young men that wa- that loved football, but these guys make plays, okay? Yeah. And they've made plays throughout their careers, and that was the one thing I felt like that we needed to get better at is up front is we could fitball things a lot of times and stop people, but we want now we want to stop everybody and not just fitball people. So we feel like these guys can do a really good job in terms of being in the backfield, being more active, and yeah, I say nobody's got more pressure than me because when you have all these high expectations, that means you got to deliver. So uh, there'll be a lot of uh, there'll be a lot of fun days for me, and there'll be also a lot of stressful days. But hey, why come to Southern Miss then? That's why you come to Southern Miss because what you want those expectations, you want to be great. That's why you come here. These guys that you brought in, coach, are these primarily, or could you classify them as as run stoppers or pass rushers? So it's a little bit of a combination of everything. I mean, I'm like. You take, like, D'Amico Rowland. He's a run stopper, okay? And he has the ability to pass rush, and that's something we got to work on with him in terms of developing him. You know, um, you look at Jalen Williams. 
a run stopper, but he's developing his pass rush. But then you look at Bivens. Bivens is a is a I like to call him he's a he's a he's a Swiss Army knife. He can do it all a little bit more. Okay, we're going to work on him being a little bit more solid in the run game. You know, Amanda's Cooley, another guy that moves really well, kind of a combination guy, really a push the pocket guy in terms of guys right there. So you take those guys and you throw them in the mix with the. Uh, Darius Lewis, who's a really good pass rusher. Jordan Mahaffey, who's basically goes 110 miles an hour every day. Okay, That's a kid that, that will push our room to work their best. If you don't bring your best, Jordan Mahaffey is going gonna, gonna to beat you out. You know, mm-hmm. And then you take a kid like Trace White, who was nothing but a ball of effort last year, about 275 pounds. Those are all guys that, you know, it's, it's a situational ball that we could actually go out there if we want to and put three big run stoppers in the game and then on third down substitute and bring a whole other platoon at the alignment and not be tired. Now, here's my last question for you, Coach. We've got about 90 seconds left. What has been the reaction of your guys that you already had to all of these transfers coming in? I will tell you this is that our guys have been very receptive to what, what we want because one thing we addressed this offseason was – how can we make a jump and be better? And they said, Coach, we want guys that want to come in here that love football, that want to be accountable. And accountable in our room is this, is not so much what I do, but allowing people to hold me to the same standard. And they all have that same mentality. And as long as we have that same mentality, you can never break a family, you can never break a group. So we say we're better as a fist than we are as five individual fingers. You got me pretty pumped up, Coach. I'm ready to play. Well, I walk down the hallway with either, as you want to call it, the Conor McGregor walk or the Vince McMahon walk every day now. So I feel a lot better about myself. Well, there's a lot of talent there in that locker room. But one thing you will never find in the Southern Miss football office, decaffeinated coffee. (laughs) No, no no, no such thing. A lot of Red Bull. A lot of Red Bull. You got that right. Hey, Coach, happy happy birthday to you. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show on short notice. Thank you. Blessed to be here in Southern Miss to the top. There we go. Coach Brandon Lacey, everybody, defensive line coach. Uh, Luke, I, I imagine you're about ready to suit up and go out to the practice field, aren't well, you? Well, I certainly have the body for it now. Not the height, but the, <laughs> the body shape is is definitely there. And uh, we, we like Coach, uh, coach Lacey. Because, uh, as, I, as I hinted at earlier, he's already got it up on his Twitter profile. He says, defensive line coach for the 2022 Conference USA Champions. We like it. Wow. I'm telling you, man, the, the depth and, and the talent level has gone way up. Yeah, and for them to win the Conference USA Championship in 2022, considering they're probably going to be in the Sun Belt, would be a real, real conference. <laughs> Maybe they could win both, right? Yeah. We'll be back. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Great first half of the show with Clarence Weatherspoon and Brandon Lacey, defensive line coach for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. If you missed those interviews, you can go back later today. Listen on demand at supertalk.fm or go check us out in podcast form. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. 
Eagle Hour on this middle day of the week. Cool outside, but sunny. Not really a cloud in the sky here in downtown Laurel. Luke Johnson in the Southern Bancorp studio in Laurel. Bob and Kelly in the Southern Bancorp studio in Hattiesburg. Happy to have you along. Third segment brought to you every day by 4th Street. Home of the 895 lunch in a place where you can watch both the AFC and NFC championship games this coming weekend. Fourth Street, right in the shadow of the University of Southern Mississippi, where they will always tell you Southern Miss to the top. Jack Duggan uh, sends out a news release. Southern Miss football coach Will Hall announced Wednesday, that's today, the addition of 26 players this semester to the football roster as the Golden Eagles prepare for the 2022 season, meaning all of these 26 will go through spring ball. And some of the names that we already listed, guys, eight of the 26 defensive linemen. Pretty incredible. Quentin Bivens, uh, Jalil Clemens, uh, a few more of these guys, Jalen Williams. Uh, we, should, we should mention about Williams. He played at Jones College, went to Arkansas, Came back, was rated the number one uh, junior college defensive tackle uh, by ESPN. Had him on the show. Sure did. A year or so ago. Bradarius Lewis, uh, the Cooley kid out of Wayne County coming back from Mississippi State, uh, Armandus Cooley. So, yeah, it, interesting. Uh, thankfully, all these guys. So, so eight defensive linemen, four offensive linemen, four defensive backs, three linebackers. Uh, two running backs, two wide receivers, including Frog Jones of, of uh, Pearl River. Another guy, um, quarterback-wise, people are always interested in in quarterbacks. Uh, Zach Wilkie is coming in early, so leaving Hernando High School early. And then a guy um, really kind of flying under the radar. We mentioned him in the past, Kelly, but Dustin Allison out of Pearl River, originally from past Christiane. He'll be here this spring also. So you've got a good influx of Jones and Pearl River guys, but with the half of those, almost half of those numbers, Luke, are either – they're in the trench, either on the defensive line or offensive line. Half, half of those numbers. So they obviously, you know, scratched where it itched. Right, it was on the offensive and defensive line, and it looks like, uh, looks like they've come through. And, and as Bob mentioned, we've had a couple of the defensive line guys, you know, on the show, well spoken, articulate, and uh, and apparently ready to work. Um, and they yeah. better be. They for better Coach be Lacey. after <laughs> after the interview with that guy. How would you like to? You know, you could take Coach Lacey. And the strength coach, Lance Ankar. And you could go to any bar in the Pine Belt and just clean the place out, Kelly. All you have to do is stand behind them. Yeah, let's just go start some stuff. I mean, probably. these are two these are two dogs. They, right they, I don't think they can give blood because they don't have human blood. Like they no, have red they're dogs, their veins. man. There that's ain't what, no question about that. Boy, I tell you what, you can't talk to a member of this coaching staff without getting excited. And so my message to all the naysayers out there is just sit down and be quiet and give these men a couple of more years, and I think you're going to see Southern Miss back where we we enjoyed seeing it in the past. I'm really convinced of that. A lot of new age coaches, too. We've talked used that term, new age, but Will Hall, a much younger man, his assistants, you know, much younger. It's a new day, a new age. They know how to, to talk to younger players now. Right. And um, it's it's just evolving. You know, the game is evolving, but I think that, that these guys are right on top of it. Don't you share that confidence, Luke? I just think that I think the program is in great hands, and I think you're going to I think you're going to see huge improvement on the field next year. Yeah, I, w- one of the interesting things historically was you think about the di- great difference between the 2011 and 2012 team. There were still a lot of players on the 2012 team that played in 2011. It was just. The coaching and lack thereof that allowed those. So it's not talent alone, although talent <laughs> helps. <laughs> it is not just coaching alone. 
although coaching helps. It's when you get both of those together that you have, you know, exceptional. And that's what they're doing. That's what they're beginning to do. Exactly. That's right. Of course, the Sun Belt was supposed to meet yesterday. The athletic directors were supposed to meet yesterday and decide how to pave the way for any new schools that uh, might want to make the jump early, July of 2022, as opposed to July of 2023. And unusually tight-lipped, very little information coming out of those meetings, which I would think, you guys, and you can spin it how you like it, but I would think that that's... That's a little bit ominous. That worries me a little bit uh, when it was kind of a foregone conclusion that it was they were going to take care of business you know, yesterday. It might be that the, that the outlets are just a little bit late in getting news out, but so far we, we've been to- on top of this and we've heard nothing. So you think that's bad news? You think they may be going to delay this? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Wouldn't you think that it was a slam dunk and it was done? They'd just go in and by acclamation say, yeah, it's done, and then get the word out? Luke, your thoughts? Moving pieces, because you're dealing with multiple conferences. Right. Right. So the Colonial has washed their hands of James Madison, because it was actually, I think, a a Colonial logo that came out the other day, and James Madison was nowhere to be found. (laughs) Right. Uh, But you're dealing with, uh, you know, you're dealing with Conference USA, and you wonder, could there be some cold feet within uh, some of those teams that were rumored to come to Conference USA, or said they were coming to Conference USA. Or or is Conference USA going to get really snotty when it comes right down to it? Conference USA could be could be laying the law down. You know, we have this and I don't know what the contracts are, right. but, but if if they have that behind Dude, them, then Conference USA Conference may have USA some leverage. trying to lay down the laws like Barney Fife trying to run Mayberry, okay? And, and it's going to be laughed at all day long. I was well, trying I was trying to go back to your early childhoods, guys with with no. that reference by the way. Well, the thing though is if, you know, it, it the lawyers probably know a lot more than we do, and, and a lot of it just depends on the language of agreements and what the law. My guess is there's not a school involved in this that's not taking advice from counsel. Sure, but but I think the boldness that Marshall, ODU, and Southern Miss have in saying this is what we're doing is that they don't fear any recourse with Conference USA because they know that there has not been any steel or concrete or firm backbone from the top. And so, yeah, I mean, if you're going to better your program, take advantage of it. Move on. And I think there's, I think there's precedent there. I mean, we've always said that the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. And Conference USA has never really been a leader or been to the forefront of anything as far as uh, college well, athletics I mean, J- go. Jeremy and all these dudes have the right to look at them if they try to stick it to us and say, "Why? Where'd you do that, East Carolina? Why didn't you do that to Tulane? Why didn't you do that to Houston? Why didn't you do that to Cincinnati? Because they didn't." Why right. didn't you do that to SMU? Why didn't you do that to Central Florida? So there's like there's like two precedents here for for them to get nasty. And again, Southern Michigan just look and be like, we helped you out for 25 years. Like we don't owe you anything. There's nothing that we owe you. Well, can we all agree that uh, if that's going to happen, it needs to happen sooner than later because it I mean will. you've got to do scheduling, and there don't have to be a lot of changes made. That's in, what in football scheduling. And, and I would and I would think that Jeremy McLean, he's, he's he's certainly a razor sharp guy. I would think that behind the scenes, he's got a if we go and if we don't and go. if we don't I'm go sure he does. right. Yeah. So those plans, either way, I'm sure have been in construction for a while. So when the official word comes down one way or the other, you enact that plan and go on. But to look at the future of the Sun Belt 
Marshall now, I don't know if, if you guys have seen here recently, the upgrades in their facility. Including baseball. Including baseball. That is a, and there's nothing wrong with Pete Taylor Park at all, but that field and the well, scenic setting in the hills up there in, in Huntington. They need that, too. It's beautiful. They need that. Uh, so They're I, either going to have to build a new stadium or build a four-lane highway so teams could drive to the stadium right. that they were using. I think, they, I think the new stadium's in the works. I think they're building a new And baseball James stadium. Madison... The reason they wanted part of the reason they wanted to break away was that they had they had run their course in the other division, but they just pumped millions into their athletic department and their facilities, football and baseball. So James Madison, their facilities are right up there with anybody though. Although a lot of people still really don't know who James Madison is. Now let me preface what I'm going to say. We anticipate having Jeremy on the show next week, week after at the latest. Not that he's coming on the show to to say anything that. That he, you know, is is not in a position to say, but he's an open guy. He really, he's always made himself extremely available to us, and I think he'll give us honest answers right up to the minute of what he can and and cannot say. And I don't know about you guys, I trust his leadership a hundred and twenty percent. And I think when that announcement comes, if if Southern Miss, and of course that's all Jeremy McLean has any control over is Southern Miss. If the Eagles are to make that move early, I think just chronologically it makes sense that that, that announcement would come sometime mid to late February. You know, w- would make sense to me. Because if you're going to make the jump in July, February and July, when it comes to administrative things, getting things done, that's not a whole lot of time. Eagle Hour on the road this Friday. Uh Kelly and Michael will be at Ramey Motors down in Purvis. Dakota, I'm sure, is joining us. He's never shy about that. And we always love having him. A great supporter of the Eagle Hour. And, man, just an incredible place. It, Luke summed it up one time when he said it's a grown man's toy land. And, and I think that's that's pretty much Ramey Motors, isn't it, Luke? Absolutely, and it's always fun to see what they have in, in stock or have gotten new or uh, what they're what they're starting to push. And and because it's kind of the changing of the seasons, you'll see some spring stuff down this week. So and I and I for the and Man. I hear tell some people get tax refunds that guys might have well, an idea I heard or two about as, it. As how to spend. I've heard about it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. All right. Also, on the eighteenth of February, we will of course be at the Pete. For opening day. Travis Creel, we're, we've got him scheduled, I believe, on the show tomorrow. Hitting coach for the Golden Eagles. Start Time to start talking a little baseball, Kelly Sam. We'll be back. Miss to the top. Final segment on this Wednesday. Brought to you as always by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. They can get you in the best shape of your life and develop your child's baseball, softball abilities. And of course, the pro shops there, batting cages, it's all there. DBATHattiesburg.com, DBAT D1 Training. Proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour, Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the Southern Bancor Studios. 
in Laurel and Hattiesburg. So, Kelly, earlier we were talking about getting on the airplane and, and large people getting on the airplane. I mean, you, you kind of created a hypothetical that seemed pretty vivid. I mean, is that had that happened? Between, had you heard people groan when you got on an airplane or something? No, but, I mean, I, the eyes tell a lot, you know, and when there's one seat left on the plane and I'm the last guy getting on and, <laughs> you know, there's yeah. only one seat left and this poor little guy's going, oh, no. You know. He gets the most verbal complaint at buffets, is what I hear. I yeah, know. I didn't know that there was a time limit at buffets. <laughs> I, I thought all you yeah, care you, to eat, you know, well. As long after as the lunch hour eat. ended, you, you made it the afternoon snack hour and then the evening dinner hour. They do kind of run into each other, you know. They make you pay twice. All right, so, so the first game that I ever started, I had been on plenty of road trips and flight trips, but the first game I ever started for football was in 03. We flew out to Berkeley. Aaron Rodgers was the backup quarterback for the for the, the Bears at uh, the University of California, and uh, we got beat. And so we get back on the airplane, and I had strategically like placed myself towards the front of the line so that I could you know get where I wanted. So, dude, I just straight went for exit. Like I went to the exit row. I went and see so what you do is you get on the inside of the exit row up against the window, and you put your head your pillow again, and you just act like you're sleep asleep. So the plane starts filling up. And all of a sudden, I hear somebody stop on my row, and somebody goes, "Nah, ain't no kicker going to sit there. <laughs> and so I got forced up. Like, I had an offensive lineman, like, threaten me, mm. which made everybody else mad because another guy would tell me, man, you started that game just like he did. Don't ever let somebody do that. So I'm kind of walking, and it's the awkward because everybody's on the plane. So the only thing left is middle seats, and you don't want to be that guy, right? So – Rod Davis and Terrell Paul, two of our seniors that year, great teammates, they saw the predicament I was in. And so Rod goes, come on, Luke. So, so I sit down. And so you're, you're kind of, you know, you don't want to take up both armrests. And, you know, you got your starting middle linebacker and your starting defensive end on either side of you. So Rod, you know, was being really nice. We start taxiing down the runway and Rod says, Luke, you're a little bigger than what I thought you were. <laughs> So that, that that row was was a little uncomfortable. Is that what you're saying? The whole to? way back, the you know four hour, four and a half hour flight back to Pine Belt. Here I am, a sophomore, trying not to hurt or, or discomfort two uh, two other guys. But yeah, I actually had a an upperclassman grab me after that and said, "Don't you ever." Let someone do that to you again. And that really helped me because this guy was saying, yeah, you played, you know, 12 or 13 snaps today, but you're just as important a member of this football team as anybody else. Did the flight attendant ever tell you that, Kelly? Don't you ever let anybody do that to you again? No, but she did point out when I was sitting in the emergency row, she said, now read, you know, you have to read this, this door. And on the emergency door, it says, do not open during flight. (laughs) And do you know what that means? That yeah. somewhere, years ago, some Someone idiot did. said, I'm going to go out on the wing and have a and shave. Suck them right out <laughs> right. onto the wing for them to <laughs> have that shave. You have to tell somebody, don't open that during flight. Yeah. yeah. And Luke, there's good news in the Johnson family that we'd yeah. like to share. So I was out yesterday, and the reason I was out, we got up early yesterday morning. And my poor wife, man, she she's had uh, a, a little head it. cold. And uh, hush, you're, you're applying that in a whole different line of thinking. <laughs> okay. So... She, she didn't really sleep well uh, Monday night, and uh, so we I had to drive her to Jackson yesterday. We got up early and left. She's taking her boards and for her nurse practitioner um, license, and she just graduated with a Master's of Nursing in December. And uh, so it's, it's about a two-and-a-half, three-hour exam. It's 150 questions, and at the end, the screen just shuts off. 
and then it pauses, and then it says, "Go to the front," you know, and and uh, and you'll get your score. So it's kind of kind of creates a lot of anxiety. But anyway, Lauren Johnson passed. She is Lauren Johnson, MSN, APRN, FNP C, which means she's a certified family nurse practitioner, and will begin. Well, congratulations, her. Job her. You know, if you watch the show Yellowstone, have you seen that? I've not. There's a there's a thing in there called "Take Them to the Train Station." <laughs> That's when they take them and they kill them and they throw them off in a ravine. Oh, but you you describe this is a whole new train station with Lauren and Luke. Yes, for Luke Johnson, the gravy train is pulling into the station. <laughs> All aboard! <laughs> Luke will never have to work again. With friends like you guys. And I guarantee you there will be multiple references to the gravy train this year as there will be requests for birthday presents yep. and preseason absolutely. sports presents. That's absolutely right. I will be told people's sizes. That's absolutely right. And in every right. token of that way, I'll just look back and say, hey, Bob, um, yeah, it's been nice doing uh, doing the Eagle Hour free all these years. So uh, and let Luke, me jump aboard. To honor, Kelly, you're, you're terrible. <laughs> to so. honor your, your new status in life, too, Luke, I'm going to hand deliver your first box of bonbons. <laughs> it's well, horrible. It, it, it makes me feel maybe 20% now what it what it's like to live in pain break. Yeah. Hey, Ernesto's looking for work. So there you go. <laughs> Kelly fired him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations uh, to Laura. Yeah. She's yeah. A, sweet, you. a sweet young lady, and uh, we couldn't be happier for her. <laughs> And you, Luke. You're shameless, Santa. <laughs> All right, that wraps it up. Back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Talk Mississippi Media Production.